0: don't you ever take for granted the privilege of getting to go to church that's under attack there is a reproach that comes of being a follower of christ we in america have tried to reshape the whole church so that it's palatable and likable in the culture a church that is accepted well with the culture is usually not accepted well with christ the church is a fortress and a fortress is strength a fortress is might not only a center of defense but a place of strategic planning and offense our god does not expect us to wait for the darkness to enclose around us he expects us to take up his banner and fight the darkness with his light you want to know what the biggest problem with america is? bullpits this country Gave in to public pressure, gave in to political correctness, one of the greatest curses this country has ever had to deal with is political correctness. Preparing the Christian to shine the light against the darkness of this world. Welcome to Our Mighty Fortress Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Miller, and welcome to the show. We have quite an encouraging subject to cover today. But first, please go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast platform on which you're listening to us upon. We have several social media platforms with all sorts of material that you can listen to and read. You can check out our fan page on Facebook when you type in the search bar at Our Mighty Fortress. You can also take a look at our website, OurMightyFortress.com, where we have all the media up there as well. We have articles and videos and even access to our merch store. If you feel so motivated to donate to the work that we do here, feel free to do so through the website and our established PayPal link. If you've been helped in some way through our work, I'd love to hear about it. But you can go ahead and email us at ourmightyfortress@gmail.com. at gmail.com. By following and supporting the podcast, you let me know that you care about the subjects that we discuss. Today, I want to tell you about a Christmas story, but it's not like any other Christmas story that you're going to hear or watch on TV. I want to tell you about a story of the spirit of peace that settled upon the Western front of Europe during World War I. It was the Christmas truce that took place during the first year of the war. It was considered to be a myth at first, and people didn't believe that it actually happened. But there were men who had survived the war, and they came out to the media and told their stories, and it's all recorded. A brutality of humanity took place on a scale like never before in the history of man during this war. During this little time that we're going to talk about, we saw peace among men. We would see that this would represent the true Christmas story. Little did these men know that their actions on Christmas of 1914 would be written down in the history books. Little did these men know that they would be the example to us over a hundred years later of the true meaning of peace. When we think about the brotherly love that took place during this event, I want to then show you another act of love by the Almighty God of the universe. This is the true meaning of Christmas and the birth of the Savior of mankind. We will see what is significant about this birth, the birth of one who would be called the Prince of Peace. Let us learn the valuable lessons this Christmas season as we look towards hope for America. With that introduction, let's get right into this. I want to lay the foundation for our Christmas true story. The United States was still a young country during this time and had not been taken very seriously on the world stage just yet, and she would enter the war several years later, but the European Peninsula would explode in conflict between the years of 1914 and 1918, and really, this had been brewing for a long time due to militarism and excessive national pride and the willingness to destroy one another on such a small peninsula. But the author H.G. Wells said about this time, quote, "...every intelligent person in the world knew that disaster was impending and knew no way to avoid it." End quote. The Great War, otherwise known as World War I would start in August of 1914, and this conflict would claim more than 10 million men's lives. The Great War was supposed to be the war to end all wars, given the size of the conflict, but the nature of man would make sure that peace could not be found. And really, it would only be a number of years later that we'd have World War II. The First World War would leave such a bitter taste in the mouth of all who fought in it, and even when Adolf Hitler would come later and start conflicts and conquer other European countries, still, the United Kingdom and France would rather just appease him than get back into another global conflict. This particular war would be different from any other previous war. This war would bring in the start of what we would consider modern warfare. It would change the way that many wars would be fought on from here. It is said that if there is one thing that you can surely count on, is that men will find quicker and more proficient ways to kill one another. That's a fact. With the introduction of machine guns, artillery, aircraft, poisonous gas, this would forever change the landscape of war forever. What makes this whole situation, this whole World War I insane, is that people thought that it was only going to be a couple weeks long, and men were marching on all sides for their nationalistic pride, and they, they all thought that they'd be home by Christmas. This would sadly not be true, and the evil that would await these men would see most of them never leave the battlefields. The winter would set in and be very harsh with the trench warfare that would take place and the trenches would be muddy and filled with freezing water. The severe wet and cold would bring trench foot and frostbite that would claim men's limbs, their fingers, their noses, their toes, their their feet. The harsh conditions would sap the strength of these men, especially coming into the beginning of December. In an effort to boost morale, the British and the French commanders had the bright idea to make a grand offensive on December 19th. The offensive had the opposite effect and would cause massive casualties on both the German and the Allied sides. After the offensive was over, men were still out in what was considered no man's land, bleeding and dying as each side dug in further into their trenches as christmas was approaching both sides tried to raise morale by sending their troops christmas presents <laughs> yeah go figure that that's the craziest thing i've ever heard i just couldn't imagine what these men went through if you read about the stories and the of the trench warfare and just utterly terrible i mean the british received gifts from their queen and the germans from their kaiser <laughs> wow There were cards, letters, presents that were sent from common people as well and even their family members to encourage the men. Um, But ironically enough, they would receive so many gifts that there was no place to put them on given, you know, they were living in the trenches and there was hardly any place to put them. But there was a glimmer of hope. On the night of Christmas Eve in 1914, the British would see lights coming from the German side. Then there was a distinct sound that was so different from the usual artillery fire, as it seemed the Germans were singing. The German soldiers were singing the original Austrian version of Silent Night. One soldier named Private Frank Sumter, he fought for the British side. He gives his account as hearing the singing and recognizing as a Christmas carol. In his interview decades later after the war, he said, Quote, and then we heard the Germans singing, Silent Night, Holy Night. Our boy said, let's join in. So we joined in with the song, end quote. Christmas morning brought something that was quite unexpected. Private Leslie Walkington was there to tell what happened next. He said, quote, so then when we began to pop our heads up over the side and jumped up and down, we're hoping that they weren't sh- going to shoot at us and they didn't shoot. And then we saw a German standing up, waving his arms, and then we didn't shoot, end quote. Both Allied and German soldiers would make their way out of the trenches unarmed, and at first, of course, they were afraid of each other, but eventually things kind of calmed down. They both took time to bury their dead, and they helped each other with that grim task as well. Some even had funeral services over the graves. And later, two officers, one from each side, came forward and shook hands. This would officially break the tension and everybody started to shake hands and began to talk and laugh. It is said that if you're an outsider looking in at the situation, that all of these men were among friends and they weren't actually fighting each other and facing each other and trying to kill each other. This is the time where men rose above the conflict and saw each other as fellow human beings. Soldiers were swapping gifts they had received just a few days before. The British would, say, swap some of the beef or uniform buttons, or chocolate cake for other items. They even exchanged uniform hats, (laughs) which is that's kind of funny if you think about it, because they're going to start fighting later. (laughs) The soldiers found that they actually had much in common as well. They lived in the same fields, under the same rain, the same mud, and they were, all of them were especially sick of the war already. There were men who even took out some soccer balls and <laughs> soccer games broke out in the middle of no man's land. I can't even imagine that scene. Men that were supposed to hate one another, to kill one another, were laughing and shaking hands and talking. These men would have no idea that this moment would ring about a hundred years later, all the way till today, Yale University historian Patrick Keefe said, quote, How amazingly difficult it must have been for these people to pick up shooting again with any kind of vigor, trying to kill people in the opposite trench that they had just celebrated Christmas with. End quote. What a question to ask. How could the men go back to fighting an enemy that they just spent Christmas with? After a day of fun and relaxation, both sides went to sleep that night wondering if they would wake up to renewed fighting or maybe they would continue to defy the effort of the war. The British high command had received word of this Christmas armistice and the generals were not happy about the situation. They absolutely did not want the armies fraternizing with one another. The fear of punishment was spread among the ranks for consorting with the enemy and officers who allowed such to take place were punished. Fighting was ordered to commence on the day after Christmas, but this order, believe it or not, went unheeded mostly until as late as January 15th. That's amazing. Some areas were gentlemanly and how they started the war again by both sides having an officer stand up and firing a pistol in the air. Now, (laughs) gentlemanly in how they started a war, you gotta understand that, During that time, the Europeans took that very—you know—took war a little differently than how we view it today. Uh, And being a gentleman, and even during war, was kind of a big deal. There's still an element of that today in the European forces. Private Archibald Stanley remembers how his officer put an end to the armistice. He said, "Quote: Well, a few of them were knocking around." He's talking about the Germans. And this fella came up the next day, and he says, "'You still got the armistice?' The officer picked up his rifle, and he shot one of those Germans dead." It was not long until the Christmas truce was just a memory, and the worst of the war's brutality was yet to come. In 1915, both the British and the German commands gave strict orders to shoot any man that tried to make his way to the enemy's side for some type of armistice again. They wanted to make sure that this would not happen again. We don't need that spirit of peace. They said it ruins the fighting spirit of the men. Well, (laughs) there are a few things to consider about that statement there. These commanders were basically useful idiots in a larger scheme of elite power control. These commanders could care less about their men, and that would become more and more evident as the war progressed. Generals who commanded their men to go forward into the slaughter, did not spill any blood of their own. We should consider today what worried these commanders over a hundred years ago as we move into the year 2022. Consider everything that's happened politically and socially. Consider the hate that has literally ripped America apart. In the midst of government chaos, we the people can follow a different path, much like some of the men of the Great War did. We can choose not to have our strings pulled by anybody, but there can be peace. Notice that the commander's worry was that the Christmas truce may ruin the fighting spirit. As if they knew that the spirit of Christmas would ruin the motivation for people to kill one another. Why would that be? Could it be that the story of the Prince of Peace could get men to realize how pointless all the killing was? In the midst of war and death, a call for the Christmas spirit of Christ brought peace. Christmas is more than just a holiday to buy and receive gifts. Christmas is more than just a holiday of dinners with family. All of these things are great. But Christmas is a day in which the Prince of Peace was born. The Christ child was born and the plan that was set from the foundation of the world, was put into motion. I just want to give a small glimpse into this story with the book of Luke, chapter 2, starting in verse 10. It says, quote, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be the sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will towards men. And quote. That baby would grow up and fulfill the plan of God in taking away the sins of the world. After that payment of Jesus Christ upon the cross, 33 years later, man could finally have the forgiveness for his sins before a holy and righteous God. Even if you're not a Christian, listen to this. I would hope that you would understand the importance of Christian values and the true spirit that would bring together two sides of men that were fighting in a great war all that long ago. Consider that there may be something to this Christ child. And we shouldn't be asking if he came to die, but instead, why? We see why, in the book of second Corinthians chapter eight and verse nine, it says, quote, "For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich End quote." Of course, he's not talking about physical wealth but that of eternal life granted by God when we trust Christ as the payment for our sins. And all you have to do according to the Bible is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection unto life. Believe that he's the only one that can take you to heaven when you die. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. End quote. For those of us who were born again already, we have to consider what this Christmas spirit represents. This country is being ripped apart from within. What is it that could change the course of a nation in repentance before God? It's the Gospel. The Gospel means good news. And really it's the good news of Jesus Christ, good news for mankind, the media that you watch on TV is looking to spread tidings of hate. But we can counter this in several ways. First, as Jesus says in the book of John, chapter 13, and verse 35, it says, quote, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one toward another. End quote. Now, more than ever, born-again believers need to realize how much they need each other. That emphasis of love and, and and really unity is very important. Unbelievers, people who don't believe in the God of the Bible, will see us and see the love that we have one towards another. That makes a difference, especially counterculture to what's taking place on the media today. More than ever, it's time to make a difference in this dying world. Yes, the world is descending into the pit that would eventually bring about the Wicked One and that Antichrist. But until then, we're to fulfill Christ's last commands. This time of year, many people are open to hearing about the birth of Jesus Christ. But let this truth just not be seasonal. The Savior didn't stay a baby, but instead he grew and showed the wonderful works of God and fulfilled the plan of God on the cross later. People need to hear that story. Given everything that's happened in these past couple of years, I mean, crazy years from COVID-19 to the lockdowns, to businesses closing, having a tough economy, a crazy election to the supply chain shortages. I mean, it's been insane. Let us remember that the desire to fight and kill one another, it gets especially harder when we look at each other for who we truly are when we get to see each other's humanity, we should not only consider and love the Christ that came into the world, but also the idea of liberty that unites all Americans. This country was founded upon the principles within the Word of God. No matter where you fall in line on the political spectrum, the values that shaped this country has truly done something great. I fear that if we continue down this path and we remain divided then evil will sweep across this nation and it will destroy us. Let the spirit of Christmas, found in Jesus Christ, be our unity. And that will be the very thing that will set us free. Let this Christmas be one that we can truly remember. I want to thank you for listening. And be sure to follow us on the podcast media. Please take a look at our website, OurMightyFortress.com and subscribe for more updates. Stay tuned next time for more great content and remember to find your refuge and strength in our mighty fortress.